Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Folks, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always joined here in the studio by DJ Uncle Matt. And, you know, last weekend was the half return of Danbury Hockey being back in the building. Uh, Matt and I were both there for all the games this weekend, NAHL and NA3. Um, For me, it felt great being back in the building, Um, you know, working a game the last one I had really worked was, you know, game five of the championship final. So, you know, it was different vibe, obviously, because it's a, it's a refreshing, you know, new season, getting used to some new faces in the building and, you know, just being in the mindset of we're starting fresh, going at it. And, um, you know, so starting off with Friday, we, um, we worked the, NAHL home opener um, against the New Jersey Titans. Um, unfortunately, we lost that one seven to six in OT. I will say it was a well-fought game. It, there was no points where it was kind of like dead space. It may have been a slow start, but overall, both teams played very well. We we pretty much rallied back from being down five one at one point. Uh, Matt, what was your take on being there this weekend? I got to say I was really impressed with how um, both the NAHL and the NA3HL guys um, approached opening weekend. Uh, It was probably one of the most competitive games. Um, I guess that was Saturday night. Friday was the OT, and then Saturday was another loss but it was a close one it was two to one i believe yeah i mean it was just a great kind of effort to watch from um the scorers box where pat and i were and just just to be involved in the action was great uh just like pat said it was a pretty long layoff this summer it, it it felt like it lasted a little longer than it normally does when uh hockey season ends and then begins again but yeah the great to see some old um faces come out you know people that would normally be at pro games came out to check out the nahl and some of the na3hl fans even so it it was a really great soft opening to danbury hockey this weekend and uh, i'm looking forward to being in the box again with pat Uh, it's been great i kind of told the story to nick garofalo who basically runs the rink uh, here in Danbury is that I, I, one of my first jobs ever was being a scorekeeper for the dad's all-star basketball league, which was uh, like adult basketball league in Queens back in the day. And uh, it was pretty crazy. Like a lot of these guys had had played uh, high school basketball. Some of them played high school basketball in the Catholic league and uh, played in small CYO gyms. And I, and I kept the scorebook for a couple of years there and I also um, did variant various things like that through the year. So it was really great to do it for hockey and to get back out there uh, in the booth uh, with you and just kind of look around and 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 take the job in. So I look forward to doing more games with you, Pat. 
Yeah, and you know, it, it's um really a pleasure to kind of have Hattrick City in the box, you yeah. know, firsthand. Um, you know, and honestly, we we already got that that connection where the work just flows like that. We already developed a system for how we're doing stats and how we're doing my my end of things on game day. But, you know, it it's I can't wait for more and I'm I'm glad you were able to come on and work some games and you know we actually have more games this weekend that being with the na3 they'll be playing against the na3 new jersey titans um so that'll be a friday and saturday two games set both set for 7 p.m puck drops on both days um from what i remember with last season um with this titans team they were another one that played hard however um I know we, we were able to get a few wins out of them uh, last year. There are few few tough losses with them, but overall I think this year has been a real refresh on kind of overall rosters and some of the teams that, you know, we're familiar with being hard, which you'll you'll hear later in this episode when we talk with uh, the NA3 captain, uh, Brody True. So, you know, definitely going to be a good set of games it's going to be fresh i I could feel that it's going to be a fresh set of bodies for the most part um you know going against each other and it's not going to be overall same rosters but same mindset overall so um if you guys want to come down it's those are free and we actually wanted to apologize for this error big apology due to everybody yeah um we had said last week on our episode with stefan and nickerson that the na games were free to attend under what we had been told we or at least what we knew that they were free but then it turned out it was they were charging a $12 admission so we want to apologize to anyone who got kind of hit with that if they came expecting a free game which you know last season they were all free didn't charge admission and something changed and just weren't told (laughs) yeah something changed but I do think there's an entertainment value out there and hopefully as the season goes on There'll be a little more, um, you know, fan engagement and and uh, kind of installations at the game that'll that'll spice things up a little bit. But yeah, I, I still think it's worth it to come out and check out the NHL games. Um, it's a great brand of hockey. It really is, you know. Um, even with the there's another um, kind of level of junior hockey above the NHL. You know, even with that said, there's still this is you know you're looking at many future Division One uh, hockey players and some potential NHL draft picks there too. So, um, yeah, you, you would enjoy it. We hope to see you at some of those games. So stay tuned for our amazing interview with Brody True. This is Daniel Amesbury, your Ice Wars champion and Danbury Hattrick's tough guy. You're listening to Hattrick City Radio on ninety-one point seven WXCI Danbury. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Hattrick City, we got one of Danbury's top celebrities, the man, the face of True Crew, Brody True. Brody, how are we doing today? What's going on, guys? How how are we doing today? I think we're doing well. Uh, Matt, I know he just came in from a bit of a traffic jam. A little bit of a jam getting in here today. Got into <laughs> a bit of a pickle, but here we are. Um... I don't even know what episode Hattrick City this is. This is 30. Wow. So we definitely got um, somebody who's honestly 
a big presence for Danbury hockey on social media. And I think um, definitely one of the um, probably the best ways to get familiar with what like the NA three hat tricks are doing is, is Brody true. So it's just really great to have you here. Appreciate it. It was really fun to watch you play um, in the, in the booth with Pat this weekend from that angle, you know, you're out there making plays and uh, trying the best I can. Getting scrappy. <laughs> Tell me when, like, obviously you're from Bethel. Is that where you grew up? Yeah. Did you Born go to Bethel High? Yeah. 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 So when, when actually did you start implementing kind of if if you don't know Brody True is one of our junior hockey players here with the NA three, Danbury Hat Tricks, and he's also uh, just a really awesome um, content creator primarily on social media um i guess i'm sure you have a youtube page too yeah. so yeah a little bit of the youtube and a little bit i guess of instagram and tiktok so i would say youtube is like my main thing and really? then instagram and tiktok both feed into that so tell me when did you i mean obviously it's the thing to do right is to mess around with production and stuff but when did you get into it, uh, that aspect of I filming and stuff i started well i didn't go to uh, Bethel High School my senior year I did an online academy for the league hockey academy and that was in Northford Connecticut so we were kind of like did our thing like we did our schoolwork online but you know <laughs> <laughs> the best we could and then I kind of started because that was COVID year so okay. a lot of things were shut down I kind of had this idea just like no one's really capturing my day-to-day -day. like no one sees the, like the because right, I was playing midget hockey at that point. Uh -huh. So, like, no one saw what midget hockey was like behind the scenes. And I, one of my huge inspirations was, I don't know if you guys know Patre, but he also does, he had a YouTube channel. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah. So, he he was He's at, not um, as active, is he? No, he went to University of Maine, D1, and he had a YouTube channel. And that kind of had inspiration from that. So, I was like, well, if he's doing that for college, let me do it for the younger levels. Wow. And that's kind of how we started first video if you watch is honestly pretty brutal to watch it's like half the video is me driving in my car <laughs> like a cinematic of me going an hour because it was an hour drive from bethel to northford yeah so it's like an half the video is me driving in my car and i got a lot of a lot of bad feedback from that did you sure. play with logan nickerson i there? did i oh. played with him for four years i believe who the other crossover guys between there and here or no? ivan ivan uh I don't. I don't want to butcher his last name. Starts with a K. Herodia. Yes, he was on my la my last year of U eighteen hockey, and then he went to the NALT team, and I got put on the NA three team. So. So what was it like growing up for you? Where did you play? Kind of your like very little hockey. So and... I played Danbury Western wow. Junior Colonials, and then I worked my. I was it was tier three, so I was just having fun at that point. So then the next level for me was tier two, and I had that Ridgefield Lions. And we went to nationals my first year, wow. and that was kind of a big jump for me because I was playing tier three my whole life. And then tier two, I got scouted by the Lehigh Academy, which was tier one, and then I played U15 to U18, wow. tier one, and then juniors. Yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty kind of long journey for you. I mean, you put you played a lot of games every season that you played yeah. um, since since you've been active. Tell us a little bit about. Um, what was it that led you to here? Were you always looking to be in the NA3? Was it just kind of a coincidental thing? Would you, would you have gone to another team had you not picked Danbury? Well, the thing with me was that, yeah, I could have gone to probably a better junior league, 
but the whole thing for me at that point was I wanted content. Like, I think that was, I already knew in my mind that I, I wasn't going to the NHL, obviously. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to find my my own avenue here. And I was like, you know what, this is a lower level. I'm going to play a lot of games, get a lot of points, get content, and people are not going to be like, you suck, you're playing fourth-line minutes. So it's kind of like I'm playing big-time minutes, but I'm also shooting content and making content. So that was kind of like the NA3. is like, not the best league, but you know what, I'm playing a lot of games. And I thought that was – and plus it's 10 minutes from my house, so that's also a bonus. Was that – kind of i mean it was really your first season in with the hat tricks last year yeah so like was that something that you discussed with the coaches going in that this was kind of your thing yeah so that's kind of how i kind of it was it was honestly between them and the rough riders ehl team so it was both local i didn't i didn't want to go away from home i'd feel like i'd get homesick (laughs) so so it was was either those two so uh, but I decided Dan Barry just because Bryce Wallace, he was on the team before, and he was my best friend growing up, and he said good things about it. So I was like, you know what? Plus the facility is gorgeous. So I was like, the Rough Riders in Norwalk is kind of like a terrible place to play. It's very low light, bad for content, guys. <laughs> so Dan Barry was like the perfect choice for me, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like you were kind of leading with the influencer yes. kind of content in mind, which is, which is really interesting. I think um, it's interesting to see it at this level because obviously, um, kind of, I've I've been writing a book about Danbury hockey for a while now, and and getting closer to the end of that. But um, you know, there's there's something about these lower levels of sports, um, especially you know with the NA three guys. I mean, a lot of these guys are just they're really looking for that small college opportunity or perhaps even just a, a club opportunity. What what do you feel about you? Would you be just kind of happy expiring your eligibility and maybe continuing with production? Like, what's your goal? So I'm just – I I have an idea in my head, but I'm not really going to share it. I'm going to save it for content purposes, but it's probably – it's going to be special. I'm, I'm just going to say that. So I'm going to keep the viewers because that's my number one question right now is like, what's your next chapter in terms of content, also hockey, but I'm just going to let them keep guessing and then I'll surprise them with the biggest surprise they've ever known. So you guys fought hard this weekend um, on Sunday in the game. Why don't you just take us through what the NA3 team is kind of dealing with right at this second as you get your skates kind of set? Yeah, so right now... Well, not right now. We actually got a lot of guys. We got three guys this week, awesome. but last week we honestly had two lines. So I was out there every other shift. Awful. That, <laughs> I mean, I was I couldn't breathe when I got back to the bench, and then Voidy's already saying, "All right, true, blah 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 blah." And I'm like, oh, "Dude, I <laughs> I just got off." But that was kind of we were kind of going to that game knowing that we were going to be down. So, like we knew the outcome wasn't going to be necessarily great, but we weren't expecting to be that close. Because yeah. Northeast just pounded us last year, and we were like, oh, my God, first game. We have two lines. Like, how bad can this go? But we, I think we battled hard for the amount of guys we had. What do you think about um, just the level of play? Like, you were able to step up uh, in the NAHL games uh, here and there. I guess you got one or two games last season. What do you – how can you explain to the, to the listeners who don't get out to the NA3 games what the level of play is and what the players in general are focused on? So I would say, like, between the NA, 
the Null and the NA3 is pretty drastic difference, I would say. But the top two lines of each NA3 team, I would say, are pretty good. But once you get farther and farther down, it's kind of like like uh, ex high school hockey players and like kind of kids that are like not necessarily that great, but like they still compete hard. So I would say the f- the top two lines of each team are like pretty good caliber players. But the one thing I actually did notice was a lot of the NA3 guys are pretty much a lot shorter than the Null guys. So <laughs> it's almost like all the short guys that couldn't make the Null are in the NA3. Even like some I've seen some disgusting like short kids, but like we're all kind of stuck in the same league trying to grind it out. It did seem like uh the New Jersey Titans um who came in last week, it did seem like they had some smaller skilled hard going guys you know um i do do you think that size is still a big reason why players just kind of don't get to advance to those higher levels yeah i mean it's it kind of honestly depends on the coach and what they're looking for i mean obviously a six foot six i mean dennis rachenko last year was (laughs) you can see him from my way he was like a absolute tree and then you had me and little bush on the side so like (laughs) From a scouting standpoint, like you, he stands out way more than the short kids. But like, I feel like the short kids that work hard, it's, it's almost like you have to like really find your opportunities being shorter in the game. Cause like you have your tall kids and they get every opportunity ever. But being shorter, like you really have to fight for every single opportunity you're given. No, I believe it. I mean, it's it's, and a lot of the short guys. Um, or smaller guys in hockey are some of the best players. I mean, best skaters. I mean, Marty St. Louis was my hero growing up. So, I like, believe it. He, he was an absolute monster. I mean, his legs were, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen videos, but they're ginormous, oh, his yeah. legs. Let me ask you, when did your account, per se, kind of start to gain a little traction? And ha- how's it, what's been your strategy with it? So, I started on YouTube. I think it's my three-year anniversary coming up. I think I started October. But I started a TikTok account, um, I would say, six months after my YouTube account. I started posting, like, hockey sellies and a bunch of just random videos. And what my first video was it was the hockey selly. Not my first, but my first viral video was hockey sellies. So I basically said... Hockey Sellies, part one. And then everyone did their own celly with music in the background, and that got a million views. And that was not a million, 100,000 views, and that was, like, the biggest deal ever. Like, all the kids on my team were like, dude, that's insane. Like, it was just unreal. And then we just started to build after that. And then the next huge viral video was the most random idea. We just had kids coming off the bus in suits with, like, music. And, like, it, it was all right at first, but then all of a sudden it got, like, millions of views. And wow. it's all, like, like girls that age, like, oh, my God, number two is, like, so hot. Like, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> but we kept doing that. We did, like, four videos, and I got, I, I want to say because I got 100,000 100, followers on TikTok. So then I was like, okay, people aren't following me for me. They're following me for the team that I have. So then I kind of shifted back to focusing on true crew which believe it or not it's actually not what i wanted for the name uh true crew meant like true crew like you guys like the fans but now people just call me true crew just me like it's i'm i'm true crew 
So now like I'm like multiple people byproducts side <laughs> effect that you weren't anticipating. So now I'm there. now I'm the true crew. So that was cool. But anyway, we then YouTube I got my first hundred thousand view. It was a GoPro video. People love the GoPro stuff, by the way. Like it's unreal. Like that it got a hundred thousand views and then after that it would kinda of just snowballed. Posting consistently helps as well. How many times a week do you post or what is it? Like right. every week? Before this year I was posting two times a week, but now I'm like I'm trying three to four times. I'm really trying to go hard this year just to see because how I want to go as hard as I can right now. Has there, like, are you at the, on the YouTube levels? Are you at the monetized stage yet? Yeah, I got monetized two years ago, so that's, it, it helps. <laughs> what, outside of, I guess, outside of, I guess, money that um, YouTube gives you because of the monetization, is there, like, is it, are you, like, in the sponsorship of yeah. like other products and stuff. So, I I I would say I'd offer like a thirty second, like you could add like a thirty second sponsorship in one of my videos. So like I would normally do a normal video and then like I would skip to like a, all right, and here's our sponsor, and then it'd be like a thirty second segment of the company that wants to sponsor my video. So that's how I kind of get my sponsorships in there. And I'm sure you got that Easton stick for free. Huh, yeah, I actually got that one because I thought it was so cool. Believe it or not, I posted that video, and apparently it's not the actual stick I was receiving. It's actually a um, a skin, so that kind of was disappointing. Come on. Yeah. I, the truth I comes mean, out. Social literally, media, like, truth. 10 minutes after I post, I get, like, three or four comments, like, this actually isn't the stick, and I was like, come on. <laughs> like, I just spent, like, hours editing this video. And Where did you get the stick? So Bauer released or posted on Instagram, it was like, we're re- releasing the Easton Synergy, and I was like, dude, that's gonna be a sick video if I make this. So I ordered it, came three days later, then I was actually gonna record it like two weeks, two weeks from now, but then my camera guy was like, I asked, are you are you available this week to shoot video? And he's like, I can actually do it today. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. Film the video, the next day I posted it, so it was kinda like, I just want to get it out there. So for people who need context, Bauer, the hockey company, hockey gear company, equipment, they released like a classic Easton stick. Is it the Easton? Um, Easton Synergy, the first one-piece stick that they created. And it's like a yellow. Yeah. It's know. like Marty St. Louis actually used that stick for years and years. He actually used a yellow stick pretty much his entire career. I'm actually impressed. I, like, I'm a weird um, big fan of any type of thing that's dead stock. Like, I obviously love, I love an old hat yeah. from 30 years ago that still has the stickers on it and all that stuff. Last season in the Fed, Ian White had a really crispy pair of Easton gloves. The ones that, uh, they're like the Bauer Nexus now. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. They're like the same... Like they're kind of bo- blocky, kind yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they they were crispy, man. They're like brand new, and I'm like, man, like I, where would he have gotten those? Like I don't think they re-released those yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can. I mean, it's not a, even. I'm just sideline swap does that kind of stuff, so you can search up pretty much anything. Yeah, related. I, mean, I doubt like a guy. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'd like to think I'm wrong, but maybe a guy who played 500 games in the NHL is not searching sideline swap. <laughs> they pr- he probably has some guys. Yeah, he's probably got like some equipment managers. Like, hey, you like, know, I know a Whitey, guy from. Listen, I got I got these Eastons here, but they're brand new. <laughs> what they went out of business? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome. I I love I love old gear like that. You know what I mean? And uh, it's crazy because I I have an old um, like one of those old Reebok helmets, yeah. like the one that Sid wore. 
and I, I wear it to like you know stick and puck and stuff like that. But now it's getting old, you know. Now yeah, it's like yeah, it yeah. feels like it's fifteen. It's probably twelve years old. You know what I'm saying? So it's just uh, I love hockey gear. Like yeah. That. You have anything else that's cool or? I mean, I was just going to add on to that topic. I don't know if you guys know, but Patrick Kane's been using the same stick since his start of his career. He just gets it wrapped. It's the same exact. Like, he uses, he gets, like, the Bauer skin on it, but it's, like, it's still the old stick he was using. I forget what it was. It's, like, an old Vapor, I believe. Wow. No, yeah, I've, I've heard stuff like that. I was trying to think who, like, Matt Cullen at the end of his career, like, had to, like, he didn't want to give up the old Easton helmet, so they made him one without any labels on it or something like that. There's a lot of guys like I, I love I love the old gear and stuff, but uh, let me ask you something. What do you think is kind of like the coolest thing that came out of putting all this time into the social media? Uh, like what do you mean, like Easton? Yeah, no, I mean like the coolest thing for you that came out of like. Building up your social media. Oh yeah, yeah. You get for yourself sure. in any situation. You're like, wow, yeah, how the hell yeah, I yeah. Here? I mean, obviously, like, I get some. I get sticks to, sent to me for free just to review videos. I'm not paid, so I can keep it as honest as possible. But like, getting sticks in general as a little kid, you're like, oh my god, that's so cool. Because like, growing up, I would never think I'd just be getting free sticks like that. And it's yeah. actually pretty crazy just to be able to get. Like I the other like last. I would say two months ago, I got a package from Bauer. It was a, both the new Hyperlite and Hyperlite skates, totally free from Bauer. And, like, that was just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm actually doing something right now. That's like, I'm amazing. getting free gear from Bauer. Like, that's a pretty big deal. And they're pretty much the most expensive stuff <laughs> at this point, yeah. too. It, it's like I'm. It's also like a thank God I don't have to spend, like, two grand on a new pair of skates. Do, like you, do you get free stuff from True as well? Yeah, yeah. What do you like best? It's I I love the true sticks, but they just the durability just does not last. Really, and like I said that in the video, but like I I love them for the the two weeks I have them for <laughs> before they break. But Bauer stuff, I've always been a huge Bauer guy growing up. Not don't love the CCM stuff. Their sticks are pretty good, but I just it's all right. Yeah, huh? Just not a big CCM fan. I really love the Bauer sticks and their gloves. Yeah, yeah. You know. The CCM, so I like my CCM skates. I will say CCM does tailor towards a smaller guy. Really? Their, their um, senior smalls are a lot smaller than Bowers. And I've noticed that been, when I've been reviewing gear, like it's way, way smaller. Wow. It's crazy. The gloves, even gloves, like you'd order. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, a 13 A 13 inch glove, I add this in the video, but it it was, a, I got a Sherwood and a CCM in my bag, and I, both, I put them both on in the cuff lined up not even close to the other one it was ridiculous so i would say sherwood's the smallest 13 inch but bowers like it almost feels like two sizes bigger it's crazy. like crazy the size of gear will just drive you crazy especially with skates and gloves yeah and, yeah and um i definitely just try i believe it or not i was using a, a senior small um, pair of warrior pants and i just got a little too thick for them recently <laughs> not not like crazy or anything but I went up, I wanted to, also wanted to try a, I really needed new pants. The pads were just kind of worn down and flat now, you know, and, and um, so the guys at Pro Stock Hockey hooked me up. Nice. With a, with a pair of pants, and it was a CCM pair of the Devil's Christmas color pants. So it was that a Pro, that was Pro Stock, right? Yeah. Those normally are pretty good. <laughs> and 
I'll tell you something, man. The CCM small was like an extra small. Yes. I, mean? I got um I got pants from them. They must have just recently. When did you get those? A month ago. Yeah. Recently, I ha- I'm still using the same CCM pants as I got three years ago, but they sent me the FT6 Pro adult small, put them on. I kid you not, it went like way past like up to my thigh, and I was like, I cannot wear this. Like I, it looked like I had the smallest pants ever. It's crazy. It really is crazy, yeah. man. But it, it's it's one of the things about being a hockey person is like, especially if you, even if you play in like the low, like the lowest, most pathetic beer league, like I do. Um, <laughs> you know, like dude, you're you're constantly want something new out there. Constantly want to try a new stick after a while. Sometimes new isn't better though. I will That's say that. That's true. Hundred percent. I've I could tell you that for sure. Sometimes new is. I've definitely um, and it's one of the reasons why something like sideline swap exists. Like you may get something new and find that it sucks or you hate yeah. it or it just it's sharp or something that irritates you. I found that recently with the Bauer helmets is they're starting to like form to like this alien looking bicycle helmet. It's like what are we doing? Like the I have the original React, which I don't even know how many years ago, but I constantly I'll go on sideline swap to look for it because it's becoming rare now. It's past its whatever ex uh, like its state of being like you're it's not even really supposed to use it anymore because yeah. it expired so it's like but i love that original react because the react helmets they are making right now look hideous i would never i would never wear it what's crazy is i mean obviously people listening to this i'm sure have some of them have play hockey themselves and some have kids and they'll be talking about the prices of sticks but like even beyond that dude like some of these vintage helmets used on ebay like like the style helmet that Chris Chelios wore. Like somebody will want like two hundred and fifty bucks for this old stinky helmet. Like I don't get it. Because you know I mean? they're very rare. Yeah, and that's the thing. I guess rare classic. I guess somebody would if they would take that helmet and put new insides in it. Maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like they just like the style and they'll put new padding in, on the inside. And but yeah, I mean, I guess I'm sure the listeners are now bored of us going through our. You know, our <laughs> Our hockey bags for an hour. All right, what next? I have no idea. (laughs) What's what's your favorite Danbury hockey logo? Like you mean like teams or just the Hattricks logo? Um, Like Trashers, um, Whalers. Yeah, like... like, I would say the Trashers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you old enough to have gone to a Trashers game and stuff? No. Was your family into hockey? Yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my uh, stepdad went. I think I've seen is either your dad or your stepdad at some of the games and stuff like that. Is that how you first got into it? Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I started when I was six. So I'm not doing the math. I'm terrible at math, but around there. <laughs> how old are you I'm, now? I'm at 2003. So okay, yeah, so you're, so you're Patty's age. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you guys could be roommates. Wow. Right. Yeah, hypothetically. That, that'd be fun. <laughs> like he, he could be your next camera guy. Maybe. He totally looks like a camera guy, doesn't <laughs> he? Like, hey, dude. <laughs> um, that's another thing. I saw a guy who works with you down at the rink. Is that your your equipment and he just comes and goes? Or? Yeah, that's all my equipment. So I have two businesses. I have True Crew, which is my YouTube and social media presence. And then I have True Media, which I started, I think, last year. And I just do freelance videography and photography. So all that equipment is mine. So I have two camera guys now. 
So I have one guy takes photos and video and the other guy just takes primary video for YouTube and stuff. That's really cool. I started getting more into the photography side because for some reason photos always do 10 times better than reels on Instagram. Really? It's it's like I would say like I get like 5,000 likes on uh, Instagram like posts like a photo and then on reels I get only like 1.5k. Wow. And the the these algorithms they're just like impossible to figure out. I mean out. it does make sense Instagram did start as a photography Photo thing yeah. so that that when, makes sense. When Instagram started you couldn't even DM people. Did you know that? Like a, how yeah. many marriages would have been saved <laughs> if it stood that way? Yeah, but how many relationships could have started? That's true. You oh. know, see the younger wiser. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, approach Half glass full here. <laughs> I remember when I was just about your guys' age, um, dating myself here a little bit. I was I was going to SUNY Purchase, and we had to have a petition, like passed around by hand, that we presented to the administration so that we could get signed up with Facebook because that's how Facebook did it. In the original days, it was supposed to be all college kids. If you watch the movie, it goes into it. Like, it was supposed to be all college kids. The purpose of Facebook was to get every college kid in America on this platform. And that's how they started. And they actually started, um, like, I I honestly don't quite understand why the, the petition process was was supposed to be needed or something but i like literally remember kids thinking yeah it's social media <laughs> let's get our campus signed up to it and i mean yeah like you definitely what do you say that's the first social media platform there was no there was something right well obviously there was myspace yeah which was huge but right before myspace you know what it is to another another thing is the internet is so vast. Yeah. Dude. Like there's just there was just so much going on. But, but you you could consider anything social media or whatever. But right before MySpace, there was probably something before this. But I remember it was a lot of like scenes to kids that were on this thing called Friendster, and that basically predated MySpace. And it was basic. It was basically the same thing. I mean, I think you could DM people. But I think it was a little more anonymous. Like, I don't remember. the. And then there was stuff like um, Live Journal, Dead Journal. Um, there was, like, all these all these things. Like, Live Journaling was a really big thing, like, in the early, like, in the early 2000s. Like, people would, it was, it was just like how people are doing podcasts and, Instagram accounts themed yeah. after one thing. It's the same thing. People were using Live Journal too. A lot of people were using it to like post like fiction and poetry and stuff like that. But then there were other people like, oh, I have this Live Journal dedicated to you know healthy eating, or I have this Live Journal dedicated to uh, the punk rock scene of Connecticut or whatever the heck it was. Probably other things, but mm. it's just amazing to see where it's come. Too, because there are so many businesses I I you know I work at the university here and I kind of tell them this all the time with no matter what your business is like social media is like the number one no matter what we say what we do it's the number one marketplace for information these days yeah so you're putting out something information about hockey gear information about that the the you know, um, there's there's accounts out there. They're putting out information about food, and if you're in that 
place where you want to put out information about your university, you have to be aggressive on social media. Yeah, yeah. You got to be aggressive. You have a car dealership. Well, the number one place where people see stuff all the time, it's on social media. It's through newsletters on email. Some people are still looking at websites, you know, but they're not. You know, that's a that's a whole other thing. You content creators have embraced something that we in the magazine business, to be honest, in the in the early two thousands, like we we couldn't quickly enough make the transition to digital. A lot of good brands died that way. But what you guys have figured out is that people almost want custom content and they want things that are really relatable and visible. Yeah. That's the one thing is it has to be relatable. And that's the th- and I think that's that's the thing is that it's one of the biggest re- ways that the content that piece of content itself is made relatable is that it's on a platform that everybody's on. So people can say, "Hey, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it." They could be in opposite sides of the world yeah. and see this thing. Well, the thing with the relatability is you see something that, "Oh my god, that totally is this person you send it." And then they're like, "Oh my god, wait, don't. That's that person." It just keeps getting sent and that's how you kind of build your your Right, like yeah, when they're like, "Oh, the, you know, the, the type of person that does yeah, something, yeah. right? And I get you. Yeah, it's like a, there's an example of a video out there. And, you know, and, and like, even, like, um, even, like, today, for example, the video from Spittin' Chicklets that just came out with John Morasti talking about the Danbury Treasures, like, I'm in a, I'm on a beer league hockey team, so that means I'm in a, chat with 15 guys on a beer league hockey team and that video came around like three times in 24 hours just because it's it the content is cycling and people have their eyes on it and i really think that what's going to happen is is people are now so much more empowered than they ever were before to start a business i just met with a guy yesterday who um i'm not going to get into his whole story but he had a he had a drug offense and he served some time um, behind it and he uh, you know he's gone through all the necessary steps he's been out of jail a while and he started a coffee company and because of the power of the internet he's already got it up and running he had a music um, kind of a business a while back he's using some of those contacts right away he was able to email those same people show them this new business yeah get a few orders going so it's just the power of the internet what do you see as your long-term use for your accounts? Like, do you want to get, like, going to these all-star games and stuff like that? Or? I mean, I would say that. I want to kind of obviously expand. I'm not necessarily sure how yet, but that's kind of how it goes. You don't know, and then one thing, one idea leads to another, and you just end up doing something you didn't even know you were going to do. So, I mean, we're just going to see where this goes for me, but it's nice to have two businesses if one fails you have the other one to lean on so that's kind of a positive i guess for that you know with true media um that's been coming out more and more um at least what i've seen with you know you did that amesbury video how did that come about did, was that your idea or was that a it was of honestly so i would say he reached out to me because he knew i did freelance stuff he's like can you just like I see you do mic'd up video for your own stuff. So he was like, do you want to do it for me? And I was like, okay. I came for one game, and he got in a fight. Well, first of all, Ames wears the oldest shoulder pads ever. has the string. It's <laughs> I have like, that same pair. It, 
like, oh my, I'm trying to mic this guy up and I can't even attach it to anything. So like behind the scenes, I would literally, we, we taped the, the mic on, wrapped it around in string five or seven times, taped it with clear tape. (laughs) Then I'm, I'm like, dude, this guy's going to get in a fight. So then I taped it a couple more times. But the problem is when you tape it, the mic gets covered up by the tape. Right. So you can't hear anything. So then we had to do it all over again, start over. So then he finally gets out there, you can hear him. And then he gets in a fight, and I'm like holding my breath because it's like a $500 mic. Oh, so it's like he's. Was it a lav mic? Yeah, uh, no, it's a DJI mic. Uh-huh. So it's wireless, oh, which yeah. is perfect because I've seen those things, and it's like you have to attach it under. It's just uncomfortable. This thing's the smallest. I use it from. It's, it's so small. It's very small, so it's easy to kind of clip on, and you're on your way. It doesn't really break up or anything. But anyway, he gets in the fight, pulls some random guy who I don't even think wanted a fight, <laughs> beats him up with one hand because his other hand's broken. And then after the game, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe I should actually make this a YouTube video. Post it, 300,000 views, one of my most viewed videos. And then we kind of just went from there. So that's kind of how <laughs> the Amesbury true crew true media thing kind of kick-started so i guess that. that was the one against uh, yeah. justin schmidt yeah yep. wow that's amazing are there any plans to do more of those this season yes that's awesome i'm just gonna keep it at that that's great you know what i mean it's like we we've said it before it's you know pat and i something that kind of passed my um my um twitter stream recently is you know we're i mean of this team we're fans and you know the this show isn't I just want to be clear because we, we there are other people that do shows about the federal hockey league this show isn't journalism this is a fan show like yeah. we're, we have our fans on we have our players on we have our fans on at Danbury I mean ultimately that's what it is and um it's great to see Brody kind of creating more content around Danbury hockey it really only helps and I'll be honest with you I think it helps the image of the city you know it's a hockey town that's good we don't have constant coverage of what goes on in the city and anything more to show, I think, what goes on, um, especially with the NA3 guys and the juniors. You know, it's a positive thing. Kids look at social media. Um, I'm sure there's some, you know, we do have a lot of fans around the rank. You know, what was great to see today was the uh, the captain of WestCon. Oh, Mason. Yeah, he was uh, skating with Kyle Gonzalez and, um, you know, uh, I guess Koozie was down there. It looks like Frankie was down there. I'm sure Ames was down there. So it's like it's great to see that kind of Danbury hockey uh, impacting on different levels. Yeah. Now, as we got now, now we have a kid who plays at WestCon involved skating with those guys. It's all good. It's all a positive thing. And like I said, from from where we are here in the city, there's nobody covering this team. There's nobody at all telling the fans what's going on. So to have, um, to be honest. You know, uh, I don't want to take a lot of credit here at all. Pat put so much work into this show. We've done 30 episodes of this show. There's absolutely no compensation for it at all. As a matter of fact, we, we, we probably lose money on the deal <laughs> all the time. But, you know, and then, then you have a kid like Brody. I mean, you you could probably just keep what you're doing totally separate if you wanted to and just kind of focus on making money with it. But you don't, and I think it probably benefits a lot of people. So... Me and Pat will be working the games this weekend. Yeah. Um, again. Yeah, you'll be playing New Jersey. Um, kind of what have you guys been working on to kind of recoup from Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I mean, after the game, Nosey actually was like, you guys did 
great. I'm the, obviously, he didn't say it in those exact words because we all, I don't know if you guys know Nosey, but he's kind of a very, yeah, interesting. He, but he was like, you guys did good. Um, like, don't even put your head down like this team. You guys, this team should have destroyed you guys, but you guys held your own, like that kind of thing. So we went into this, into this the next week practice with like a, like a, pretty good vibe i would say like we were always we went in like with a positive attitude like a lot of calling for pucks like just positive energy and that was kind of just stay positive like your team's like we're still building our team right now which kind of sucks but you know what we're just going to do the best that what we can with the team we have so we're going into tomorrow's game with with the positive energy and just hope that it all works out i guess (laughs) <laughs> and you know i also wanted to congratulate you on earning the c for this season thank um, you yeah congratulations bud thank definitely you definitely think it's well deserved you know given your presence and i imagine in the locker room you you definitely can bring that sort of yeah that you know we kind of see here today even to you know that group and then you know also just to kind of go back a little bit you played in that inner what is it what's the word uh, midgets. No, Inner the squad scrimmage. Inner squad. Go. Yeah, so... Um, Pro and junior. How was that? Um, and you also made a video about it. It was fast. At <laughs> going from NA3 to that, it was pretty drastic. I mean, last year I got caught up to the null and it was the exact same thing. Like, it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is way different. But it was pretty good. I mean, the Fed guys were there. Amesbury was on my line. Like, it couldn't get better than that. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. It was got more fans than normal <laughs> at an A3 game. So that was great. It's a pretty um you know, it's a pretty competitive type of a thing. You know what I mean? I think if you if you really love hockey and you take it as uh, you know, for what it is, there's some D3 guys in there and some guys who'll probably go to pretty good ACHA teams and stuff like that. I I think it's an entertaining brand of hockey. These kids play hard. Um you know, I, I, I got to be honest, um, every year that it, it kind of passes by um, or every year that we have the juniors here, I just kind of get more into it and more used to it. You know, especially last season um, when uh, UConn uh, opened up their new rink and Sacred Heart opened up their new rink and obviously Quinnipiac won the I was actually season. there for Sacred Heart filming their home opener. Wow, yeah, I was there too. Oh, no, I wasn't. I lied. I was at UConn's home opener <laughs> that night. But uh, it was, it's. I just think that as more people in Connecticut come in tune with college hockey, especially after uh, Quinnipiac winning the national championship and then these new rinks opened up, I think that there's going to be a little more interest in the NAHL and the NA3 teams, especially in Danbury because it's a great place to see a game. It's also you're in the area, so right. more coaches and and um people are just in that area to watch you so it's like a win-win there were a ton of coaches yeah friday night at the na game yeah there was a bunch i took a picture and sent it to my brother who's a college basketball coach they all they all sit in one area so was, like i said i think that's the thing and even on the local level um you know like something that billy mccreary has talked about there's a little something now to aspire to for these younger kids they see what's beyond kind of the youth hockey and they see what's beyond the high school hockey and stuff like that 
So I, I really do think it's a great brand of hockey. The NAHL has, has been great. I really enjoyed. And what was the final? I was just one thing that NA3HL needs to improve is that website. What was the score of, of that game on Sunday that I was working the stats for? <laughs> I believe it was 5-3. Five, 5-3, five, three. Three. Five, three, but it was a five, hard... 5-3 because I was actually editing today. It was a hard-fought game, and I think you guys were down 5-1 at one point. Yeah, I mean, one of the goals, the goalie passed to our team, and we just kind of shot an empty net. But hey. other than that, like it was a pretty close game Yeah, from start to finish. It was pretty hard-fought, and I and I was really impressed by um, what you guys did kind of shorthanded. It was, it was a good game. Like I said, there's guys, Eddie Nitro... Tazi that love to watch hockey. You guys have to get down to the NA3HL games. Uh, the the fans in Danbury that really love to see hockey, they miss it if the pro team's out of town. NA3 and NAHL, it's it's really entertaining, so you should check it out. For sure. Um, Brody, best of luck this weekend. We'll be there watching and uh, cheering you on. I appreciate you having me on.